You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from our guest speaker. I want tonight, and you young people, are you? have I got some young people there? Wave your hand. Let me see you kids. I'm going to play something, and I want you to like it. I put up with your music. All of us. Most of the people in this church put up with what y'all like. Because we want to invest in you. And besides, we've gotten where we like your music, so you can get where you like mine. I mean, you know, do you remember when you were a, a snob? You remember that? Well, I mean, I grew up with Bach and Beethoven and all that stuff, you know, and I took all those music lessons and did all that stuff. And so I was a, a, a snob. I didn't like anything. I didn't like gospel music, and I didn't like country music. I liked high-class music. I cut off my nose to spot my face. Man, now I get into that Gaither stuff. I get into those old-time gospel things. I, I really have broadened my taste, and now I see something I like in all of it. And I want you to do the same right now. Your life will end. But I want you to know something. It will be the beginning of your forever somewhere. It will be the end of your life here on this earth at this time. But it will be the beginning of your forever life. Forever and ever and ever. And we've got kids that, hey, all they want to do is be cool. We got people, all they want to do is just be cool and do that thing. Hey, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Your life is important. God picked you out. He chose you. He chose you. No, I'm just a bastard child. I had somebody on the street tell me that one time. I don't even know who my daddy is. I don't even know who anything. Are you kidding? Somebody had that make had to make that decision out of all those choices. Somebody had to make that decision. And science doesn't know how it happens. They called it random choice. But somebody made that decision. When that cell got hooked up to that egg, that was you, and it was his choice. It was his choice. So when you begin to live like you're somebody, the world's got it all mixed up. You ain't nobody. You don't know who, and you know, and we live like animals. And God wants you to know he has a plan. He has a plan for you, and it's eternal and forever, and he does love you. He does love you. He does love you. You know why he loves you? He didn't look at what the, all that junk 
He doesn't look at you're too tall or you're too short or you got zits on your face or whatever all the stuff. He doesn't look at all that. He looks at that gift that he has put inside of you. And there's going to come a time in eternity if you make good decisions, if you choose the right path, if you allow Jesus to come and take hold of your life, if you allow him to come into your heart and get your sins forgiven, forgiven. If you have a change of heart, I don't live like that anymore. I want to get ready for heaven. I want to be fit for eternity. I want to be equipped. I want to learn how to do it his way so that when my life is over, I can step into eternity and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in. That will be the most important moment of your life. Much more important than what you're going through with now. Nobody understands me as the judge. He blamed my parents, they somebody. We blame everything on everybody else. But let me tell you something. God has got a plan, and it's an eternal plan. And I want to go so through some of that tonight with you so that you get a grip that the Word of God The Word of God. Why would I believe this Word? Why? Why is this book more important than any other book in the whole world? Why? Because like no other book in the world, it's full of the way that God spoke to the heart of many, many, many and released his plan to them. Thousands of years before Jesus was born, they said, he will come. Our leader, our king, our Messiah will come. He'll be born in Bethlehem. This was so many hundreds of years, hundreds of years before Jesus came. But the prophets nailed it right down the line. Three-fourths of the prophecies in this book have already been fulfilled. And the others are awaiting the second coming of Christ, waiting the fulfillment of time when God will put it all together for us. All together. You see, tonight, you don't even know it. But the reason you're so miserable is you've got heaven in your heart and it's not happening We're miserable. We were born. We were born with the desire for happiness, for joy, for love, for peace. We're born for that. That's what we're born for. And we're all mixed up because somebody disappointed us, because people have failed, because I've failed, because everything went wrong. Everything went wrong. Why are you miserable about that? Because you know there's something better somehow, some way, somehow there's something better. And we know it. We know it. How do you know it? Because eternity is in your heart. And you're miserable when you're not experiencing heaven on earth. We're just miserable. We're just miserable. We got it all mixed up. How to do it and where to go. 
I want you tonight to get rid of the hopelessness. Hopelessness. Hopelessness is the worst thing that can happen to anybody. I, I just have no hope. It's in hopelessness that you make wrong decisions. When you feel so hopeless, and we, we had the Hebrews 6, the, that hope is the anchor of our soul. It's what will hold you when everything, when the boat is rocking, when things are bad, when it doesn't look like you're going to make it, you got an anchor. Hope of what? Heaven. Hope of where you're going and what your life is all about. Hope of forever and ever and ever and ever. It's important the decisions you make. It's important how you feel about circumstances. It's important. It it, it has everything to do with where you'll live and how you'll live when you get there. When your life is all over. I I just want this real story to fire you up. There was this woman, and she was at a family reunion in Florida. Some of you may have heard this story. This was 1965. She was a grandmother, and she woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and she received a message from the Lord. So she got up. And she started gathering Coke bottles. And she started getting paper. And she started writing verses on paper. She got her grandkids up. And her grandkids, she had them all stuffing her messages in all of these bottles and putting the cork in them and sealing them. 200 bottles she gathered and deposited them on Cocoa Beach, Florida. It's a real story. She died in 1974, and she had received messages from people who had gotten her Coke bottles. But this message came a month after she died. And this is what the message said, Miss Grouse, I'm riding by candlelight because we don't have any electricity. My husband was killed when a tractor overturned on him. I have 11 children and my, myself left. The bank is foreclosing on us. We have one loaf of bread left. Snow's on the ground. Christmas is two weeks away. I prayed God would forgive me. But I went to the river to drown myself. I knew I'd die quickly because the river was frozen over. So as I went to and got to the river, I had to break the ice. And as I broke the ice, a Coke bottle floated up. With tears and trembling hands, I read the messages in the Coke bottle. Ecclesiastes 9.4 But for him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. And then I love Ecclesiastes in some ways. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Now think about that. 
a lion could tear that dog to pieces. But it's better if you're kind of a nothing and a weak somebody and things are, you're less than. It's better to be alive than this big old lion over here who's so powerful and dead. That got her. It's better to be a living dog, and that's what she felt like she was, than this big, powerful animal representing the the lion, representing a great life. You referenced other scriptures, so I came home and I read my Bible. Hebrews 7.19 said, We have this confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. 6.18 Therefore we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. John 3.3 Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. I read my Bible. Now I'm thanking God for the message. We're going to make it. May God bless you from a farm in Ohio. Cocoa Beach, Florida. A river in Ohio nine years later. After those bottles had been put in, the, in, in Cocoa Beach. Nine years later, let me tell you something. It wasn't just any river. It's the right river. It wasn't just any farm. It was the right farm. It's just the, it wasn't just any time. It was the right time. It's the right time. These messages weren't about miracles or power or provision, but about hope. About hope. Hope is to the heart what seeds are to the earth. Without hope, life is unfruitful and sterile. Without hope, dreams won't be conceived. Destinies won't be realized. Hope is powerful because it's your starting line. The genesis, the launch pad, is the incubator where faith is formed. Hebrews 11.1, faith is the substance of the things hoped for. If there's no hope for the future, there's not going to be faith enough to live on this earth. You see, knowing that things are going to get better, I'm going to tell you, when I tell you about the palingenesia, You'll have hope enough to go through what you're going through with and to make it. You determine you're going to make it. I will make it. I've been through, we had no money. I live on a dirt road. We don't have a church. We don't have a school. We don't have, we don't have, we don't have any money. And I'm going to tell you, when Jesus got hold of me, I'm talking about a real relationship with the Lord. When Jesus got hold of me, you know what I could say? I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. No matter what husband I'm married to, no matter who, what my finances are, 
no matter what I've done, no matter how awful some decisions were that I've made, I'm going to run to the Lord. I'm going to get forgiven. I'm going to change. I'm going to change. And tonight, we sit here in this beautiful facility. It started 45 years ago in my living room. Seven little people. A little bitty camp started with seven little kids. This last summer, we had 2,400 children. That's what hope will do for you. Well, Hetty, I tried that. You didn't have real hope. If you have real faith, real hope, the real thing, you'd be believing if it never happened. Abraham didn't see what he had faith for. So many of our, our great prophets, they never lived to see the Messiah come. They never lived to see what they were hoping for, but they planted a seed. They planted a seed. See, you're part of a big, long process. And if you do your part on the timeline, then you see we will be preparing a place. We'll be getting ourselves ready. We'll be part of the puzzle. And we'll be that piece that the puzzle won't be complete without your piece of that puzzle. Let me show you just how exciting this is. I want to do it, so I'll do it good. You know, you just get it all fixed up, and then it never turns out like you thought it was. That's what I'm preaching right now. I'm going to find what I'm looking for. You know what I'm doing? Sometimes you have to go through the process to find what you're looking for. Sometimes it's not instantaneous. Sometimes it's not a quick fix, you young people. Sometimes it's waiting. But you wait in faith. If you wait in doubt and unbelief, you'll be waiting till you're 103. I'm almost there. Jesus gave his life to give us our hope. Everything he taught, all of his actions, were to put this hope of his kingdom that was to come in our hearts. Palingenesia. What in the world does that mean? Now, let me tell you. Oh, if I can just get you to this place. If I can get you to this place. God has a process, and he's working it out. And the Bible lays it out from Genesis to Revelation. In Genesis, God had a perfect world. It was perfect. God walked and talked with Adam and Eve, and it was perfect. They made a wrong decision. They made a wrong choice. And everything since then has been hell on this earth in so many ways because the devil 
became the God of this world. And he took over, and we're full of lust and fear and anxiety and jealousy and insecurity, and we don't fit in, and nobody, and we've got all these problems, and everything's falling apart, my family, my finances, my everything is just falling apart from Genesis to Revelation. If you read the last chapter, last, those last two chapters of Revelation, here's what the Lord is saying. Behold, I make all things new. Peter said when he was preaching that <clears throat> Jesus has gone into heaven. He's telling him in Acts 3. He says, Jesus has gone into heaven. But Jesus is going to stay there until the restoration of all things. Now, I've read the Bible forever. I miss that scripture. I miss that. Jesus is in heaven, and he's going to stay there until it's time for the restoration. Restoration? Restoration. Renewal. Behold, I make all things new. Palingenesis is a Greek word. And it's the Greek word for renewal. And it comes from two root words. Palin meaning again. Genesea meaning beginning. So what is that saying? Genesis again. Genesis again. We're going to start all over in the new heaven and the new earth. We're going to be surprised. Now, I wanted to teach you tonight a lot of things, so we'll continue this maybe in heaven. Um, But the restoration of all things and the new heaven, the new heaven and the new earth, Jesus told them, When I come again to restore all things, when I come again to restore, to make everything right, and there's going to be a new heaven, new earth, all we talk about is heaven. We don't talk about the new heaven or the new earth. We talk about heaven. You might get hold of this. Heaven that we talk about after you die, where you go immediately, is the intermediate heaven. That's the holding place. Beautiful. Jesus said to the thief on the cross, paradise, because he said, remember me when you go. And he said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. And so immediately when we die, we go to that wonderful paradise place. And the body we have will be a, um, a, a body that's fit for that intermediate heaven. Wonderful. People there we love. People, oh, it's just wonderful. It's wonderful, and I don't have time to tell you that. 
Acts 31, 21, heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore all things. Matthew 19, 28, I assure you that when the world is made new, this is Jesus, when the world, when the world is made new, hmm, in the regeneration, that is, the Son of Man will sit on his throne. He told him, you hadn't given up houses and land. You hadn't gone through what you've gone through for nothing. You're going to rule and reign. You see, we don't even understand the millennium. Read Revelation. Awesome. I, I wanted to teach you all those words. The millennium, a thousand years. Read it, 19th chapter of Revelation. The millennium, a ruling and reigning. That's going to be a thousand years where we're going to practice how to make things happen. And we're going to get every gift that you have that you've never gotten to use when God restores all things, when Jesus comes again. Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, I'm coming again. I'm coming again. I am coming again. Zechariah said on that day, he's going to stand on the Mount of Olives. The prophets prophesied that there will be a Messiah. He will die. He's going to come again. Everything they prophesied is coming to pass. That's why we read it. That's why we study it. That's why we're in to it. And this new heaven and this new earth is going to be the Garden of Eden. It's going to be God's perfect will and God's perfect plan. There's so many things that are good that are going to happen. You got gifts. You got gifts. They've never been developed. Your mother and daddy were on drugs. They left you. They died when you were young. You grew up poor. You grew up rich and a snob and had everything, and yet you weren't thankful. You grew up, however, we feel in bondage to how we grew up and what happened to us and what we've been through with nobody understands. You young people, what we're going through, jealous, envious, trying to make your way, trying to do all that. None of it's going to matter. What's going to matter is how you serve the Lord, what you do for God, because there are rewards in heaven, bunches of scriptures. You need to find out and read about the rewards that are going to be laid up for you. Jesus said, Behold, I'm coming. My reward is with me. In this new heaven, new earth, it won't matter what your mother or daddy did or if you are right with God and if you know him. See, I know the Lord. I wish everybody, I was talking to him all day today about you. I said, Father, I wish they knew you like I do. I wish they could have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. He's our comforter. He's the one that will come and help you through what you're going through with. He will help you through this. And if you will let him, he will help you change. If you can say, Father, I don't like how I've lived. I don't like the jealousy that I'm eating up with. I don't like the insecurity that I feel. I don't like the boredom. I don't like the pressure that I feel. I don't, I don't like that pressure. If you just be honest with him and pour it out there to him. Help me, Lord. 
Father, would you just help me? I couldn't anywhere get close to all my notes and all the hours I've spent reading books and studying. I can't even get close to it. My job is to motivate you to want to go to heaven, to want to be in that heavenly company. He said, when Jesus comes again, those of us who are in heaven will come with him. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. When Jesus comes, if I'm not alive, those who are alive and remain will be caught up with him in the air. The rapture is a wonderful time of catching away. The reason some people believe that we won't go through that horrible tribulation period from Revelation 5 to 19, when the, the wrath of God is poured out, he's mad at the devil, he's mad at all the evil, he's had it. Just read if you want to really read bad what's going to happen. God has had it. And when he cleanses the earth of the filth and the wrong stuff, And the way you're miserable, he hates it because you're miserable. He hates it because you're not as cute as somebody else. He hates it because you feel poor. He hates it because you've been locked up like a monkey. He hates that. He hates that. And he's going to wipe it clean. Then he's going to restore. And heaven on earth, trees won't be dying. Animals won't be eating each other. I was watching the geography, whatever that is, channel. I didn't mean to. I just got, I was looking for the news and got on to it. You know, I'm not very savvy about that. And all the animals that eat each other, they call it the ecosystem. And they're out there all eating each other. But the prophet said there's going to come a time when the lion will lay down with the lamb. There's going to come a time when it's not going to be like that. He's going to restore it, palingenesia, palingenesia, back to the beginning, back to the original plan. Now, I'm not going to miss it. Somebody said, oh, Hetty, aren't you going to be disappointed? No more than you will if it's true. Hey, you can't take a chance. You can't take a chance. Jesus said they're going to be cast into outer darkness. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You'll burn forever. There's torment. He gave us all those pictures. And we, yeah, yeah, not going to be that way. Somebody better wake up, grow up, and get your life back in, get yourself back in charge of your life. Get hold of your life and let it be valuable and meaningful Contribute to this earth. Love people and help people. Jesus tells us how to do it. The Bible's full of it. You need to get the Bible out, and you'll learn all about the new bodies we're going to have. You'll learn all about the way we're going to be equipped for this new world. No disease, no crime, no... I don't want to go there. I don't want to stay drunk. I don't want to go there. I want to keep hating everybody. I don't want to, I want to be miserable. Let me tell you tonight, I'm releasing everybody in this place from the misery that the devil has put. I'm releasing you. Enough is enough. That's enough. 
the misery that you're under because of your circumstances. That is temporary. It is temporary. What you're going through, get up and go through it. Be tough. Rise up. I'm going somewhere, and I'm going to make it. Your gifts, all that you've ever wanted to be, you get to be. All that you're equipped to do, you get to do it. You sing, you paint, you do all the wonderful things. Heaven on earth, the new heaven. We don't stay up there. You're not going to float around and play a harp and be bored. We got you kids so bored thinking about heaven, that don't mean nothing to you. That's not the way it's going to be. That's not the way it's going to be. That's not who God is. That's not who God is. God created you and he put gifts in you and he's got a place for you to go. He's got things for you to do. What's wrong with us? We're in a hurry and God isn't. And that's our problem. We want everything right now. You kids are miserable because right now you're not happy. Right now, things aren't right. Right now, I don't have what I want. Let me tell you something. Get your hope up there. This is going to pass away. Don't jump off the world. Don't quit. Don't stop just because some evil, demonic, negative force that controls us with boredom and self-pity and anger. I'm not going to live that way. I've read the book. I've read the book, and if you'll get in that book, God will teach you. Jesus came to show us how we get into the kingdom. Jesus said there's going to come a time, and the religious kids are going to come up to Jesus and say, Oh, we cast out devils. Oh, we worshiped the hill songs. Too bad. Oh, we worshiped. Oh, we did this. Oh, we were a youth group every night. Oh, here's what we did. And Jesus is going to say, hmm, depart from me. I never knew you. It's not about you, see. It's about him. It's not about you. It's about us. It's about the kingdom. It's about us loving and sharing and working together and making things happen. That's what it's all about. Tonight, I hate to end because I wanted to talk about your new bodies and I wanted to talk about the millennium and really explain that you have to study for yourself. We're going to have some Bible studies. You'll learn a lot. Tonight, we're going to Dismiss those of you who have children. But I called him and he said, sure, Mom. It's time for us to pray for one another. It's time for us to encourage one another. Some of you need to be prayed for. And you need to walk out of here. Those of you who are lost and going to hell, boy, this is a time when your heart burns. Your heart begins to burn with truth and righteousness and holiness and 
being clean and free, getting the filth and pornography and the nasty junk out of your mind. It's all temporary. It's filth. It is filth, and they will eat your guts out. That's plain talk. There's a kingdom, and it is full of freedom. You won't be addicted and hooked. I can't live without this. <laughs> I can't live without that. I can't, I've got to do this. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. Let me tell you something. There's a kingdom of freedom, of love, of peace. No weeping, no crying. No addictions that just determine how you think, how you feel. No demons holding you in line to your brain and holding you captive. No demons, no, in Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight you make some decisions. I will not be held captive by my mind. The demonic thoughts, the negative things, I'm rejected. I, uh, this, uh, my situation is horrible. So was hers. But when hope came, look at what this woman rose above. Look what Jesus rose above. The Bible said he defeated the devil for you. For me, he hates it that you live in hell on earth. He hates it. He hates it that you are so nervous. Just live every day. Just live today and love it. And enjoy today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. I tell you, when I learned to go steady and love every day, I loved what I did when this church had seven people in my living room. I loved it. I loved it when we had 20. I loved it when we had 30. I loved it when we finally built those buildings down there. My husband and I were able to do that. We owned this property down there, and I was able to give it. We loved it. We loved it. Love the process. Don't hate what you're doing today. Make an investment today. You guys that are working, you guys that are making, you want to make your work, make your work a pleasure. And if it's not a pleasure, find God's will for you and believe him to put you where you need to be. You guys love every day. You're learning something. You're learning to change. You're getting a new mindset. You're getting something renewed in your heart. Love it. Love it. Well, when I get out of here with it, I'll... if you don't build on something good today, you can't do tomorrow. Amen. If you can't make something happen today, you won't make it happen tomorrow. Let's stand. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.